who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome to this spoiler review episode for Secret Invasion, brought to you by the Geek Buddies! <gasps> hey! Well, we got ourselves our first episode here of Secret Invasion. It is called Resurrection. This one from showrunner, creator, and writer Kyle Bradstreet and director Ali Salem, who is directing all the episodes because apparently as sam jackson said the other director met with him and he walked off the project so a very interesting situation but now we have one director for all six episodes a coherent thing and we're starting off and the way this is a spoiler review so if you haven't watched it uh please turn around go and watch it and come back and hang out with us a lot going on in this episode uh gentlemen uh, a lot happening here. We get uh, Sam J- uh, uh, Nick Fury coming back to Earth. We find out that scrolls have been on the planet for quite some time now. And now we've got a quote either a freedom fighter or a terrorist sect of scrolls, uh, depending on your point of view, led by Kingsley Benadir's Gravik. Uh, Amelia Clark's Gaia is a part of them. Amelia Clark is the daughter of Talos who is played by Ben Mendelsohn in the show here as well. So a lot of moving pieces. Maria Hill is back. Here's Colby Smulders, and we see what happens to her. And we have a new uh, uh, actress coming into the MCU, along with Amelia Clark, in Olivia Coleman, and some interesting back and forth here. So a lot of espionage, a lot of back and forth, hints of people that we thought were not scrolls becoming scrolls, and then a massive explosion leading to the death of one of the main characters of the MCU for quite some time here. So, uh, Michael, I start with you first. Your overall thoughts on this first episode? Uh, you know, it did not blow me out of the water, but it felt nice. <laughs> that's that's my thought. Like, it was, you know, after uh, Phase 4 having some really big wins, 
some bigger, some big misses and a lot of in between. And then quantum mania, not quite doing what you wanted it to do. Like we've, we've talked a lot on our main show about the state of Marvel and where it's at and kind of not, not feeling like it did it yet. Phase three kind of lead up to infinity war and Endgame, where it was just like Marvel was golden and it's not that anymore. And so secret invasion kicks off and it didn't like knock my socks off. But it felt like phase three. Ooh. And and that made me feel good. Like we weren't multiversing all over the place. Right. We weren't in the quantum realm. Uh, we weren't dealing with an Illuminati that we were going to see for three seconds and then be gone. Like this was the human characters in the Marvel Universe grappling with what it's like to live in the Marvel universe. Mm. And I think particularly, you know, Nick Fury coming back, Sam Jackson is Sam Jackson. He, he, he knows how to do this role. <laughs> and I think him coming back into the MCU after being gone for so long. And because a lot of the story is dealing with the fact that he still seemingly hasn't fully recovered from the blip yeah. and Thanos and everything that went down. It just, it ties back to the part of Marvel that I think we're all very uh, fond of because mm -hmm. it's when we were really liking everything. And so it was working for me. And I think, you know, it, it was compelling. It had a big explosive finale for a pilot episode. Yeah. And I'm really curious about where it's going to go. And I don't trust anybody. So for a spy <laughs> show, for a spy show, I think they ticked all the boxes and we're going to see where it's going to go. Okay. Uh, Shannon McClung, your overall thoughts on this opening episode, uh, Resurrection here from uh, Secret Invasion. You know, I thought it was a really solid start. I mean, it kind of takes two Marvel films that I have varying feelings about and puts them together with Winter Soldier and Captain Marvel. Mm. Um, Winter Soldier is still one of my top five, uh, top five Marvel films. And Captain Marvel has always been towards the bottom. Um, but the use of the scrolls, the use of Ben Mendelsohn, um, it's giving me encouragement. Um, I think emotionally it may not have hooked us in right away because Nick Fury is not the most emotionally open guy. Um, but I think this, that's what the show is going to be. It is going to be, uh, this journey. I thought we got some great new actors. Um, Olivia Coleman is 100% the standout. Yeah. Um, so I'm really, really excited to see where it goes. From a technical aspect, there are some editorial choices that I find a little confusing. And granted, this is all this is all subjective, and I'll get more into those specifics. Uh, but thus far, um, yeah, I, I I I do hope that we visit the the death of Everett Ross and be like, okay, when last time we saw, he had been rescued by the Wakandans. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone is everyone in this world on the same page over who's who is where. Yeah, yeah. Is is well, what's was that Everett? But Ross? that yeah, but that wasn't it. Everett Ross. Right, it was right, a scroll. scroll. Right. Well, now has Everett Ross, Ross has, been a, has Everett Ross has been he a been a scroll the, the whole time? Right. Yeah, that, well, that is the 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 real question is yes. Has Everett Ross been a scroll since Black Panther? Is this person just pretending to be Everett Ross? right now and our real everett ross is over is with the wakandans right. yeah or what's the yeah but like but this you know a lot of times with marvel i mean to your point a lot of times with marvel when something like this happens i'm like is everybody working on the same page this i feel like is very within world allowed yeah you're allowed to keep me on my toes and i don't quite know what the deal is with this everett ross and i'm okay with not knowing that because i think it adds to the 
point of the show, which is you really can't trust anything. Yeah, you're, yeah. The, you, you've let me know what the overall conceit of the show is, so I've bought into it, and I'm willing to let myself get messed with a little bit as it goes along, for sure. Yeah, I like this first episode. I thought it was a good, solid first episode for this series, uh, and I thought it laid the groundwork enough to, for us to understand the moving pieces. Do I think Gaia switched sides too quickly? Yeah, kind of, but I wanted to see or a little more. Did a, she? Or did she? We don't know. Sure, for sure. I, when I tell you I don't trust anybody, everything <laughs> anybody says in this review, I'm going to respond with, or did they? Oh, good. Oh, good. That's good to know going ahead of time. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> but yeah, there's a, there was a, but there's a lot here. And yeah, having Nick Fury come back and look, Nick Fury's a dick. All right, let's get that straight ahead. I know you may like Samuel Jackson as a person, but this character of Nick Fury is a dick, and everyone is expendable whether he wants to tell it to your face or not. Remember, he was willing to fuck over Captain America at certain moments in Winter Soldier because of what he wanted to do. It took Steve calling him out on the carpet before he figured some things out. So this is a guy that you're – this is what you're dealing with. And clearly throughout the episode, which I think is really imp important and un interesting to understand – Everybody's talking about how slow he is, how he's lost a step, and how the blip affected him. And we even have a moment where Fury's by himself, sitting, on, laying on a bed, going through a bit of PTSD, remembering what it was like to be blipped. And so there's a lot here. If that was Nick Fury, is my or is he? Or did he? <laughs> or did he? Yeah. So there was a lot here that I thought was a nice beginning, a nice table setting for what we're hopefully going to get in the next five episodes for this one. So we're going to break it down. For those of you who want to hear our conversation about the AI intro, we're not going to talk about it here on this. You can go to our main episode that is going to be up tomorrow. Uh, for those of you who are watching it today, uh, it is up. For those of you who are watching it after today, it is up on the uh, channel and you can listen. It's our main topic. So you can, and there'll be time codes. So you can go right to it and listen to our thoughts on that. So let's start off here. We begin in Moscow. Prescott reveals to Ross that the scrolls are here. Ross is going to report it to Fury. And this becomes a battle between them. Ross escapes after shooting Prescott gets to the top of a roof. He's being chased by somebody, falls off the roof. Maria Hill is chasing him as well, chasing them as well, uh, chasing uh, uh, Ross to try to get him uh, because uh, he called in an extract. And then we find out that the person who jumped off is actually a scroll, Everett Ross. And the person who's chasing him is Talos. And Maria's like a bit like, what is going on here? And we hear from Talos that that is, a, that he is not one of us. He is one of them. So already laying the groundwork down that there's a delineation between the type of scrolls Talos is and the type of scroll that's dead there uh, on the ground here. Uh, Nick Fury comes down from Saber. Uh, we hear about the fact that Soren has passed. That's Talos's wife, who we saw, of course, in Spider-Man um, uh, Far From Home. Um, a guy, we find out that Gaia has disappeared. That's Soren's daughter. Uh, we find out that Gravik is the newest member of the Scroll Council. He's angry, preys on the anger of young displaced scrolls. This is very similar to what you hear about terrorist leaders recruiting people who are angry, getting them young, putting stuff into their minds to get them to believe stuff. Uh, we hear that Prescott was monitoring a scroll's front, monitoring the Americans against Russia, which is one of the most terrible names ever. Gravik apparently wants to start a war between the USA and Russia to decimate both of them and then maybe slide into the power vacuum and take over the entire planet. Fury goes for a walk, and we find out that Rhodes is talking to the president about Fury leaving Saber, uh, and he's building. We hear that he's Dermot Maroney is there as the president. We hear he is building uh, that uh, Fury is building Saber as this protective tool against any uh, space interference there on the planet. Rhodes says that both Fury and Hill are AWOL now, and the president says deal with it. So let's stop there. 
Guys, interesting uh, intro here. We get the idea that there's two separate scroll factions. Fury comes down. We hear about Gravik, and then we we understand that Rose is going to be a part of this show, just like he was in Falcon and Winter Soldier. So interesting stuff. So and and uh, we hear about uh, what might be happening here, the USA versus Russia. So starting off, Michael, what are your thoughts as far as an opening intro here? Uh, really fun. I mean, like, I think one of my favorite things is just right off the bat, uh, what Prescott is saying in the voiceover as we're kind of Mm. outside of Moscow is, you know, living in a world where nobody trusts information anymore. Yeah. And I think as an overall idea, that's really important for the show because that's literally the world we live in. Like, you know, I mean, everyone's talking about us going into this next election cycle, which literally fills me with anxiety, but going into an election cycle. We've already lived through a few election cycles where social media, fake news, fake websites, you know, all of the things that happened that just spread disinformation. We've seen how bad that is. And now we're throwing AI in on top of that. Like, it's going to be a fucking nightmare. Like, you can't even watch a video of somebody in this next election cycle of them saying something and know that that's really what they said. So, kicking off Secret Invasion with this, the only people you can trust are your most loved ones who you've known for years oh, by the way, maybe you can't trust them, is just great, gets you right in there and go, okay, I get what this show is and I get why it relates to what's going on. And as we've talked about in the past with Marvel and DC and a bunch of things, that to me is a compelling, like, that's what makes Secret Invasion, and hopefully if it continues to go in this in this route, that's what makes Secret Invasion as its own entity worth existing. Hmm. Because in addition to being part of the bigger MCU and telling us an adaptation of a really cool arc from the comics and all the other stuff that's part of being the MCU, this has a point of view about the world that we're living in right now. And if they can stay true to that and keep coming back to that, I think that'll be really good. Um, From a story standpoint, like love seeing Everett Ross, love that we're getting all of the ground level spy side of the MCU in this series. Um, I mean, as soon as Everett Ross was like, let me take this to Fury, I was like, that's a scroll. That's a scroll. <laughs> scroll. Um, so I kind of called it. I do wish in the chase sequence, this is a little, really a very minor quibble, but they kept who was chasing Everett Ross, like in shadow. Mm. And if you're going to do this big reveal that it's really Talos, like actually show me somebody else, you know, like really oh, yeah, lean yeah. into, make me believe that Everett Ross's life is in danger and there's this other big bad and then flip it around on me. But because they kind of kept that person in shadow when the person stepped out and then turned into Ben Mendelsohn, I was like, yeah, okay, cool. But still great opening right off the bat, kind of establishing Maria Hill's like, you're he, they're, you know, they were one of you. And he's like, no, he's one of them. We get that there's factions, really cool stuff. Uh, fun nod to close encounters of the third kind. When uh, Nick Fury shows up yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. the way it's out of focus and makes him look almost alien. Like before yeah. it focuses <laughs> in on him. Um, I don't know if he really has a limp. I don't know if he really has as much PTSD as he does. I don't trust anything. I think he is. I think he's maybe playing a little bit of the, I'm not the Nick Fury you used to know mm. to like keep everybody on edge, but maybe I'm, I do think they are going to deal with his PTSD and his sort of feelings of like living through the blip. I mean, we do see mm. him on the bed to your point and we see him flashing back to remembering when he blipped. Uh, and so like, that is definitely going to be a piece of it, but I don't know if it has broken him as much as he is appearing or if it has given him even more resolve 
to get his hands dirty. So we will see about that. Okay. Um, I really like the scene with him and Talos up on the roof where you see this flower uh, that Soren had planted that was sort of like seeing this piece of the scroll of Skrullos of the scroll yeah. planet sort of adapting to earth as we are learning that the scrolls uh, are, are living on earth. And I think to Shannon's point, Captain Marvel, not my favorite movie in the MCU, but I liked what they did with the scrolls. Yeah. I liked that they took the villains of the comic books and kind of flipped it on around on us. And I really like, what they've done with the scroll story for a story that we haven't seen much of, which is we left Captain Marvel with them being like, Hey, we're going to find you a new home world. Like, and that was in the nineties. Yeah. It's 2023. So Talos kind of being like, look, after the blip, you left Captain Marvel left. Like we were a band. You, you guys told us you were going to find us a planet 30 years ago. Yeah. And we're still here and we got no planet. So, I think that it creates a compelling reason to have Gravik and a faction of Skrulls being like, fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, I think that completely makes sense to me. And it's a really good uh, villain story. Mm -hmm. um, and then he goes to see Olivia Coleman, and I was delighted. Right, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. But yes. That, yeah, I, that's all I'm going to say. That's okay. what I'm going to say. I was we'll delighted. To, we'll get to it. Shannon, your thoughts on the opening uh, few scenes here before we get to the Olivia Coleman scene uh, with uh, Fury, Talos, uh, Maria Hill, the fake Everett Ross, and uh, Don Cheadle there with the president. I mean, I love the establishing of stakes. Um, you know, the, our last few Marvel films have been on the lighter side. Like, they've had their heavier moments, but there has been that kind of trademark Marvel humor. I like thus far... Um, this is very, very straightforward and very serious for the most part. Yeah. Um, the moment that Everett Ross pops up and, you know, we hear him talking to another agent, I'm like, all right, if Everett Ross kills this guy, he's a scroll. If he dies, <laughs> the, the other guys, the other guys, the scroll. Um, so, I mean, I am a, I am an unabashed lover of, of Martin Freeman. Um, I, I love anytime he pops up on screen. I hope this is not the last time he pops up on screen. Um, but uh, also uh, Richard Dormer playing Prescott, yes. who was Barry Dondarrion in Game of Thrones. Like he's just yeah. another one of those one of those uh, you know English actors who's just magnetic. You just love, or I think he's Irish actually. Uh, but you just you just love to watch him. Um, that moment where they were actually scrapping, I was just kind of like, well, that doesn't make sense that he would be a scroll. Oh, he's dead. Martin Freeman's a scroll. Martin Freeman's a scroll. <laughs> love the chase. But I do agree with Vogel. When you're going to have a reveal, you want to feature the person that is the shell as much as much as possible. And also, there is, uh, again, the editing that I mentioned, um, like, I, I couldn't tell, like, was Ross hit by a car? Did he trip? Like, it wasn't clear. And it's like, okay, you save yourself some budget not having a stunt guy got hit by, get hit by a car. Um, but it also makes it a little, a little foggy and a little muddy of like, okay, what just happened? Um, but then as they're running up those steps, as the lights are coming on and they're, you know, they match it up with the music. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is so much fun. Um, the moment where, you know, he does fall and we see Maria Hill show up and the whole, you know, Ben Mendelsohn has such a weight to everything yeah. he does. And I've not always been a fan of Kobe Smulders, Maria Hill, especially going back and reading some of the, like the new Avengers stuff from, you know, like 2008. Um, you see what a great character Maria Hill is. And it's like Kobe Smulders, the, the, the writing may, may not have ever really gotten her there, but I don't know if she necessarily carries the weight thus far in this. I'm kind of like, Oh, okay. It feels like she is kind of, leveled up her game the whole yeah. thing with nick fury as soon as he was limping the fact that he's not talking about it specifically i'm like 
is that Nick Fury? Is that going to be the big twist and that that is actually a scroll up there? So uh, uh, and then the again, the scene with Sam Jackson and Ben Mendelsohn, um, you know, watching good actors act is really entertaining. And yeah. that is what we got. Um, the whole thing with Dermot Mulroney being the president, I'm like, he's a scroll. He's a scroll. I know it. <laughs> because Harrison Ford's going to be president soon. Yeah. Exactly. We yeah. know. We know that in Brave New World, it is it is uh, President Ross. Yeah. Like, Get out of my know, office. We know that's coming. So, like, you're looking at this and you're like, you are a lame duck president, sir. You are. Rody's a scroll. You're a scroll. Somebody's a scroll. But this shit. This shit is all scrolled up. <laughs> Get out of my Oval Office. All right, let's move on to uh, the next section here, real quick. Fury is picked up by Sonya's men. We see this conversation between her and between him and Sonya, and clearly they go back a long way. But Sonya, we hear about the Kazakhstan storage vault theft. Um, we hear that Sonya is still not forgiven Fury about some stuff in the past, and they have their banter and back and forth. And Sonya says, "You're not up for it anymore. You're too old." All of that. And then we cut to 312 kilometer, kilometers southwest of Moscow. Uh, a man walks up to a gate. This man is uh, Beto, and he is a scroll. I mean, the Clark drives up, uh, uh, who is playing Gaia, walks up and welcomes him to New Scrollo. So apparently we got new Asgard and new Scrollos on Earth, for God's sakes. But she drives him to their place, tells him that this whole place is all scroll oriented, scroll produce, scroll products. It's all very much its own thing. Couldn't help but think about immigrant communities that create their own stuff, open their own stores, make their own food in a way, even though they're a part of the United States, they're also in a way little mini cities there that you can go in and be uh, inundated with their approach to things for sure. Uh, we see the city with the kids playing soccer and we hear about Gravik, who provides refuge here, but not everyone has to be a fighter. You just can't leave the compound if you're not a fighter. So you have to stay there. Uh, Gaia walks into her room after she leaves Beto. We see these standalone chambers, which are going to be called fracking pods. We meet Pagon, uh, who is grilling Brogan to get him ready for this human shell. And his human shell is the leader of the Americans against Russia here. We cut to and we see him take his body and his mind. Then we cut to Fury, Talos, and Maria spying on her exchange. She is talking to Tony Curran. Uh, who is uh, uh, an actor I really, really like and admire. And he is playing uh, Derek there. They're having a conversation about what's going on with, uh, here with Fury being too old, but also the fact that they know the scrolls are going to launch something and, and they've got to find this dirty bomb. We hear about Parishkin. Uh, and then later we see that uh, we cut to Gravik, who is, uh, oh, so yeah, we cut to uh, Fury, who wants to incapacitate MI6, cut them off of the past. We cut to Gravik, who is in a diner now, who is talking to P Pagon about what to do, what to do next, and the cause. And Pagon says, you're the cause. He says, I'm not the cause. Home is the cause. And he tells him that Fury is in town. And how do you know that? Well, we've got a man on the inside. So who's the man on the inside here? Um, and then Pagon gives Gaia a mission to pick up two bags and bring them to bring them to Paprishkin, then bring the bag she gets from Paprishkin to a Moscow safe house. Fury, Talos, and Hill show up in the same place as Gaia. Gaia gets the backpack, and then Fury and Talos beat the shit out of uh, Pavishkin, who is uh, then shot by Fury, even though Talos told him not to do it. And you see the devastation inside of Talos. Doesn't even go get up when Fury offers his hand. And Fury walks out of the room because he's a dick and leaves Talos there in the sadness of the fact that uh, he has uh, um, shot to, or that Fury has killed one of the scrolls there. Maria spots Gaia, chases her on foot. They have a battle between themselves. Uh, Gaia gets away, and then Talos confronts her, and they have a back and forth. He informs her that she lost her mother, 
um, and then tries to comfort her. She pushes him off and escapes, and she finds a doorway to break down and consume the loss of her mother. So a lot here, gentlemen, Sonia and uh, uh, Fury, uh, also finding out about Paprishkin, all of that happens with Paprishkin, and then Gaia finding out that her mother is dead from her father, Taylor. So, Shannon, what are your thoughts on these scenes here? I mean, nothing more entertaining than a chipper, proper British spy uh, in in Sonia Fallsworth. I mean, Olivia Coleman is just so much fun to watch. Yeah, you know, and she's also one of the people that talks about Furies. Like, you're not ready for this. Yeah, like, you you're, you've been slow. gone. You you've been out of the fight. Like this this new old Nick Fury. Just uh, a lot, a lot of fun. Um, it was interesting how you were talking about how new Asgard, new Skrullos, new yeah. Asgard is on these gorgeous cliffs. New Skrullos is in an abandoned nuclear power. <laughs> so there is definitely a difference in the way that the Asgardians are uh, portrayed or, or viewed and the way the scrolls are viewed. Um, I actually really like that scene between uh, Beto and Gaia. This was another, in my opinion, another editorial mistake when, oh. Uh, he opens up the uh, the glove the glove box. She opens up the glove box, and you see that scroll produce. And she's talking about we drink scroll wine, well, yeah. scroll wines. We we eat scroll uh, produce. produce. Yeah. We wear our scroll skins. Um, there is a moment where he gives a heartfelt thank you, yeah. and the camera is not on him. It's on mm-hmm. Amelia Clark, which drove me crazy because it's like this is someone who is searching for something, and like maybe this actor is only in the one episode. But I'm like, God, why didn't you have that in the two shot? Like, I wanted to see the gratitude on this guy's face before he has to go and do something horrible. Um, you know, I the the whole <laughs> when uh, Talos and Nick Fury are tracking down, you know, the dirty bomb operator as he rips open. You know, we forget sometimes that the scrolls do have do have uh, more strength. Yeah. than a human and just like hey i've got it mate <laughs> and he just you know <laughs> rips open the chain and he says nick fury says not bad for someone who's 136 years old he's like i'm not even 40 in human years i think that was a missed opportunity for a joke for nick fury to be like you need to look in the mirror more often like because there ain't no way ben mendelson's 40 um i really liked the fight scene uh i thought that was a lot of fun especially nick fury when he feels he is in the power position is very, very entertaining. Um, The Gaia-Maria Hill fight, I wrote down in my notes, um, a dark hallway fight is a stunt performer's dream Mm. because that was a really, it was quick, but you just, it just, you felt the brutality of these strikes. As Talos picks up the chase with Gaia, this was another, for me, editorial mistake when he shoots the gun, but we don't see where the bullet goes. Like, we obviously know he's not going to shoot his daughter, Hmm. but you need to, it can't just be a gunfire. We have to see where it hits because that is ultimately what makes her stop. So you need to see the impact of that bullet. Um, You know, great performance by Amelia Clark when she finds out that her mother is gone. Um, And again, I feel like she needed to incapacitate her father further. It's not enough. Like, obviously she's dealing with the death, the news of the death of her mother, but it's not enough for her to push him and run. Like, why wouldn't he just chase her? We have to see that she is dedicated to the cause enough to incapacitate him enough to escape. Hmm, Interesting. Shannon, just to be clear, Shannon does not have children. So he's guessing what a father he would do as a father in this situation, which is <laughs> <laughs> Michael. Also, no kids. What are your thoughts about uh, this? This these scenes here as we're uh, getting more and more of the information about what Gravik is going to do, and getting deeper and deeper into seeing um, what these different factions who are trying to stop this all from happening are going to do. 
Yeah, I mean, well, first, I mean, to Shannon's point, like Olivia Coleman is just a delight. And yeah. one of the things that she is so good at doing is, and th- this is like, this is a level of acting. Like, look, it's in the script. It's It was directed this way. I'm not saying it was just her choice, but... Yeah, you want to you want to play the uh, you know the 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 British secret agent as a heavy who's going to be like really like go toe to toe with Fury and be just as gruff and mean as he is and they're sort of butting heads. That's fine, but her being chipper and delightful while she's being like you're you're not great, you really let that Thanos thing get to you. You're delightful. You're you're lovely. I'm going to send my guy with you, but you should get out of here. Like, she's just so good at that. And it's just, it's just dripping with irony and it's fun. And like, I just hope we see more and more and more of her. Also, maybe she's a scroll. Yeah. Everybody's maybe, maybe a scroll. Yeah. Everybody's maybe a scroll. Um, yeah. Like, look, I think Amelia Clark did a great job as a guy. In, and I think that the whole scene with her, it, they're leaning into, uh, the scrolls living that immigrant experience mm-hmm. and feeling really displaced and trying to hold on to their culture and hold on to they are, who they are. And we drink scroll wine. We live in our skins. Like all the things that Shannon was pointing out again, it's just compelling. And I think the more that they lean into that, the better, I think an important distinction that comes out within all these themes scenes is that the danger that, uh, Olivia Coleman represents yeah. is that she's, gonna just wipe like okay there's a scroll problem let's wipe out all scrolls all scrolls bad and and nick fury is a little bit more like look there's good scrolls there's bad scrolls like the scrolls on the whole when you see these kids these scroll children at the nuclear power plant playing and the distinction between the warriors and the people that are staying there the people that are staying there are just displaced Uh like they're not all evil and i think like leaning into the gray area of that and also ultimately the fear that humans would have of an yeah. alien race that can do what scrolls can do and the desire to be like none of you belong here like there it's a it's a very gray messy issue and if they keep it gray and messy and deal with that i think it's going to be really really compelling so i hope they continue down that road um the whole chase scene like nick fury uh you know shannon's right nick fury thinking he's in control sitting there in his chair being really casual, like giving me Pulp Fiction vibes. I was very all about it. <laughs> Talos being like, don't kill him. And then being upset that Nick Fury killed him. I started to get a little worried. About started what? I started to get a little, little bit worried. Is Gravik the big bad guy or is it Talos? It's not Talos. Stop it. <laughs> like, Gravik says they got an inside man. Mm-hmm. And there are very few people that know that Fury's back yet. Also, Talos does let Gaian go pretty quickly. Shannon's not wrong about that. Hmm. Um, and we'll get into some stuff a little bit later that I'm I was just like, going to say, yeah, yeah. We'll get into some other stuff that I'm like, but I am like, again, <laughs> and this is where you want to be in the first episode of a spy series is I am sitting there going, I don't believe shit about shit right now. I don't even know. <laughs> If people who died at the end of this episode are dead, I am like, we, everything is on the table. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Just to give a quick uh, background, Sonya Fallsworth, she might be related to a character in the MCU already, uh, who is a member of the Howling Commandos, James Montgomery Fallsworth, who was oh. played by JJ Field. And he, uh. ends up, he ends up becoming Union Jack in the comics 
and the subsequent relatives of his generational they take on the mantle of the Union Jack as well. So is she a version of Union Jack that is different? I don't anticipate we'll see Olivia in the outfit, but perhaps in a different but way. man, what a sight it would be. I agree because I love Olivia. That would be badass. We saw the fracking pods in Captain Marvel, so just giving a little background uh, yep. there as well. And so just wanted to give you – and, of course, the idea of 30 years – how much of the scrolls have been involved in terms of the explosions and destruction that have gone on? So we shall see. Love the scenes. Really enjoy as you guys, Olivia Coleman sliding in like a like a like it's like something you buy and you didn't know you needed it, and then when you have it, you're like, I don't know how I ever lived without it. Olivia Coleman being a part of the MCU <laughs> is like that, and it's incredible. She's so so perfect. Agreed. I love that. I love the vibe of the danger of all of this, like all of it building step by step. It's simply, you can look at it as freedom fighter or you can look at it as terrorist. It's your opinion of how you want to look at this whole idea, you know, because it's very similar to what we've seen sometimes uh, stories being told of people who are taken while they're young, kind of indoctrinated into the stop process. So when Talos reacts to the death of that scroll, I think that's where he's coming from because he loves his people and he knows these people have been corrupted by a guy who has taken the fact that nothing has happened for 30 years and they haven't gotten a new home and turned them into these kinds of people. And he wants to bring them back to the light, not kill them. And whereas Fury as a human can kill them without abandon, Talos feels that. So I think counterpoint. You already had your counterpoint. Counterpoint. Your point. Talos does love his people. Yes. So much <laughs> that he will go fuck these humans. No. They what they 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 welched on their deal. Fair, fair. That if you want to feel that way, I appreciate that. But certainly, graphic is already feeling that. And I can't. Yeah, I think you can't ignore the Soren loss here. And I know some people. We're going to get to this fridging thing that people are upset about. But the loss of his wife here is a really interesting narrative decision. Um, uh, having it be this thing that brings him and his daughter possibly together and affects him how does it affect him and certainly that interaction between them where they're putting heads together fury and um and uh uh, talos feeling that vibe sharing the loss of her i think was really an important thing and and nice to see as an element of this so we will see how that plays out but let's let's take a quick break and we'll jump into our last scene here and uh, wrap up our uh, spoiler review here of uh, secret invasion right after this You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Do, 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 do,
It's good. It's good. All right. Fury enters a Russian bar, orders drink, and a guy tells him that he'll never be the man he was. It was really odd, but then Fury orders him a drink, himself a drink, meets with Maria. They talk about why he abandoned Earth as they play their standard game of chess. Fury says he had a crisis of faith and that he owed it to Talos as to why he came back. She says, I thought we weren't lying to each other in these games. I think you're talking about someone else. And she calls him out on being slow and that he's not ready for this. And she never wanted him to come down. It was Talos who made her call him to come down because he's never been the same after the blip. And as I said, we cut to him remembering lying on a bed, remembering being blipped. We go to Graphic and Pagan who who talked to Gaia, who has brought the bombs. She suggests postponing the strike. Pagan says they don't need to because they have the bait now. Then we cut to a woman who's being picked up by a taxi. Well, the woman is Gaia and the taxi driver is Talos. They have him back and forth just in an alley discussing about her mother dying at the hands of Gravik Moore. And then Gaia tells Talos about the attack happening tomorrow. There are three bombs and Gravik knows they'll be there. Uh, we hear that they know about this because there are so many agents out there and they don't know who gave the heat. She doesn't know who gave them the information about Fury and uh, Talos and Hill being there at the square. Uh, she says that there are three bags with two decoys and she'll mark each bag with infrared spray we cut to the square and then we get an action sequence here of fury and maria and talos tracking down the bags and monitoring things uh and they find it's basically a three-card monty uh, action sequence here with the bags going in multiple directions and then fury sees a young girl playing with a ball follows her and it becomes the man in the bar who had told him that he was not going to be as good he'll never be the man he was before which was so interesting so clearly graphic knew they were going to be there and then boom becomes uh, eventually graphic and hits the button explodes everywhere men women and children are killed by this explosion and one more person yet to die graphic becomes nick fury summons maria over and then shoots maria in the stomach essentially killing her and then be- and before Fury can kill him, he becomes Gravik again, runs off because there's another explosion. Fury comes up to Maria and she says, it was you. And she dies in his arm. End of the episode. So, Mikey, thoughts on these final scenes here and the shocking death of uh, Maria Hill, Colby's mother. Um, well, first, the scene in the the scene in the bar. Uh, yeah. Super weird when the guy was like, you're not who you who, you're, you're not who you are anymore. I'm like, OK, well, clearly this is like a scroll or something, but I didn't realize it was Gravik. But like nice yeah. kind of unsettling moment. Here's what I'll say. Shannon is 100% right that Colby Smolders has never been the Maria Hill of the comics, and the Maria Hill of the comics is a great character. That being said, particularly from, like, Winter Soldier on, I thought Colby – I'm like, I accept that this is who this Maria Hill is in the MCU. Mm -hmm. I think this scene of them playing chess is the closest that she ever got to being the Maria Hill of the comics. Like, I really – I'm like, this is – this is good. And – Yeah. I do think I I mean I do think she really might be dead, but I almost don't want her to be just because I'm like, fuck, we finally got her. Like this is yeah. this is this is it. Like I think that the work she did in this episode alone, like from the very beginning all the way through this scene, I was like, she's she was great. Yeah. And I think it really I mean, and I and like like I said, I don't ever think she was bad. Um, but I think it took her like Avengers. She wasn't quite there. Winter Soldier. She dropped in and I really liked her Maria Hill from that point on, but she was fire in this episode. I thought, I agree. I thought they had a really, really great back and forth. Um, so yeah, like the whole, like, uh, uh, 
cloak and dagger guy and getting the in the cab with talos and then kind of giving him all the information i was like okay here we go now they're gonna do this thing and the whole three card monty really great sequence like for as much as i had like some quibbles of the opening the opening action sequence and like you know not showing talos right away i thought the way they did all of this and them having the glasses and being able to see the infrared was really really cool so the second that you realize that there are no bombs in there I was like, oh, so did Guyan like betray them? Yeah. Like, like was that was that did she go to her dad and do this whole thing as just like a we're we have a it's a game within a game because Gravik got in front of it and told her to maybe or did she really think the bombs were in there and somebody else her dad uh, <laughs> kind of switched it all around at the last wow. minute. So I'm really like by the end of this thing I was like, okay. The whole scene where she was kind of telling Talos, like, this is what's going on, this is what's going on, and he kind of reinforced the whole, Gravik is the reason your mom is dead. Yeah. And this whole thing, I was like, okay, on the surface, that's all really compelling, and if that's what it is, great. Or did her mom die because she found out what Talos was really up to and was like, how dare you do this to our human friends? They've done so much for us. And then Talos killed his wife. Uh, so like it could be like I'm telling you I am like watching this thing and I'm like all bets are off I don't know what the fuck is going on um, the graphic reveal really cool like just following him and then every time he goes behind the thing and comes around like I thought it was really compelling and him just standing there like I really at this point I was like okay this will be a fun episode and they stop them from doing the thing and then something else happens no. Gravik did it, man. He yeah. blew that thing. The fu- and, it, and it's like, it's intense. Like, it's very, very, whoa. Like, people are really, people are screaming and running around. I'm like, they really went for this. That's a great ending. And then Nick Fury runs up to Maria Hill and shoots her. And I'm like, wait, did he shoot her because she was a scroll? No, he's a scroll. No, it's Gravik. And so, like, it was seeing Maria Hill lay there, like, if she dies, I think that is a really great, like, it's a great way for Maria Hill and the MCU to go. Like, it's a powerful death. It's a really interesting, cool dynamic in the whole thing. Or she's not dead. I don't even know, man. <laughs> it looked like it looked like Fury was dead in Winter Soldier, and he sure wasn't. That's so cool. we'll see. All right. Shannon, your thoughts on these uh, final scenes and then that big explosion that uh, took the life of Maria Hill eventually? Yeah, I'm with Vogel with that scene in the bar, like the the way that that Russian guy, it was just kind of like, you, you know, you'll you'll never be the man who you were. Um, and then him ha- uh, having that conversation where he says, you know, there's a way we won the Cold War. It's by it's by doing this. And yes, Kobe Smolder does finally kind of get there yeah. and, and you know, they kill her. Um, <laughs> the actual scene. So that little girl, Nick Fury meets her on his walk. Yeah, at, at right. night. That's right. <laughs> right. So, like, to see her change into the guy, change into another woman, that was just a great. Who, um, who I think the, is the woman that's making out on the bench. Oh, I think. Okay. I think it's no, no. it's the girl. The woman on the bench is younger, and she's a. Oh no, no, it is. It is. You're right. It is. You're right. It is. Yes. Sorry. That sense of guy as woman. That's all right. Go ahead, yeah. That sense of dread that you get as it is slowly, slowly building. Um, like again, I I don't think Vogel is right about this. Talos is the heavy. <laughs> I really hope Vogel isn't right <laughs> because to me, with what we've established with Talos, I'm like this is on par with Sharon Carter being the power broker. I'm like that will be yeah. such a betrayal. Even though the way that Vogel is describing it. 
might make sense. You could. It's um, not on the share. It's not on the cart Shannon Car- Sharon Carter level. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I really hope Sharon Carter shows up and we find out she was a scroll because the whole power oh thing God. is still bad. Still bad idea. Um, but uh, yes, I thought the whole scene was really, really good. Just really just constructed really, really well. And yeah, if you have to take someone off the board to, again, establish the stakes of the series, killing Maria Hill and having her think it was Nick Fury for a second, that's a that's a good death. Well, she never um, so, sees him become Gravik. So her in her mind, when she dies, right. it's Fury who killed her. Well, I mean, he does say it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah, but but, you know. but yeah. um, I thought that was a great way to end the series or Shannon, to end the I, first episode. Shannon, if I see you shoot me with a gun and then you're laying over my body and you say it wasn't me, I'm going to be like, motherfucker, I just saw you. <laughs> I, just, I just saw you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah i love these final scenes this was really good really hammering home the relationship here between gaia and talos that i'm sure is going to pay dividends as the sh- series goes along but even more so clearly you see that she is possibly mentally moving away from gravic after having introduced beto to gravic so how is that going to play out beto might have a bigger role to play in all of this or beto however you want to say his name may have a bigger role to play in all this because she's he's the innocent she brought in you know watching that nexium documentary one of the women who brought in all those women to be part of that cult she felt the responsibility to try to get them all out of the cult after she brought them in so i wonder if gaia will kind of walk that path with beto once he's been assigned to do something uh, explosive down the road could be interesting so i like that we got a little bit of that here the three card monty all of that really worked very well shot and ali salam wonderful job directing that sequence for sure and then the explosion was brutal and surprising yeah. and scary which i thought was and having it right behind gravic i think was really smart kings of benedir doing a wonderful job here as gravic as well and then boom that moment when maria hill dies and i see a lot of people now coming with this fridging thing let me and i understand why you would see it that way in a vacuum nick fury don't give a fuck what your sexual identity is or who you are nick fury has a mission to accomplish he is not going to do this for maria hill so in normal circumstances yes fridging i i understand it's a legitimate complaint for someone who is motivated by the death of a female character to do what he's doing fury is going to do this whether she lives or dies that's what I, I think is the difference in this. Scene. I don't know that that is true because I do think that's my that opinion. Yeah, it's fair, but like counterpoint. I so just to just to be really clear on the fridging yeah. thing. I think that yes, potentially Nick Fury will be super upset that the person who he has worked the most closely with in the MCU died and thinks he's the one who did it, and that will motivate him. Like that is how character works. Yeah, but he the was, thing about the thing yeah. about fridging. Fridging doesn't mean you can never kill a female character and no man can have an opinion about that female character. Of course. Fridging specifically from the Green Lantern comic books is you introduced a character with the sole purpose of killing them to motivate the male character. And that's not this situation. And even in Deadpool 2, even though his wife had been from the previous movie, the only reason she is in that movie is to die at the very beginning of that movie. Now. Maria Hill dies at the end of this episode, but she is in like she's been in the MCU for yeah. so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so it's like I, I just think it's like look there, and like that doesn't mean that it couldn't still be handled incorrectly or whatever. But the fact that whenever a female character dies now, 
you have a contingent that's like, they fridged this character, they fridged this character. Fridging is a very specific thing. Yeah, yeah. And when it happens, it's really, really bad and, 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 and not tasteful. I don't know that this checks all those boxes. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think it does either. Shannon, uh, what do you think? Is it uh, uh, fridging or not fridging? Not to me. That that was that was not the impression that I got from it. And to be fair, we're three dudes saying this, so respect to any fair, of our absolutely female, fair. We are yeah. three dudes. And if which female viewers or listeners who want to counter us, please feel free to do so. We certainly wouldn't reject that uh, to hear a look at another point of view on this. Okay, so let's wrap up our review here. Uh, real quick, final thoughts: thirty seconds, uh, Michael. Final thoughts on this uh, opening episode after we talked about all of it. Now, like I said, like it's you know it didn't blow me out of the water, but it did all the things it needed to do. Like I think it brings Nick Fury back in a compelling way. It gives a real good why here, why now reason for him to be here in the MCU, and it really does put us on edge because given what scrolls are, it delivers on that promise of. I don't know if it's the president. I don't know if it's Olivia Coleman. I don't know if it's Nick Fury. Like anybody could be a scroll. And I think if they play that properly, this is going to be a really, really fun six episodes. Shannon, your final thoughts. Yeah, I thought it was a really solid start. Hopefully the the attack, the explosion at the end of this episode is the motivating factor for everything to sort of kick into high gear. Um, and if the uh, scene of uh, Nick Fury tracking Gravik is any indication, it seems like it is going to be. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I just like that we've, we're at we're in a Marvel project that isn't going for those laughs, that we are dealing with something that's a little more high stakes. Yeah, and it feels like we're setting up a bit of a mentor-mentee or father-son relationship between Gravik and Fury because they keep alluding to the fact that... Yeah. You knew him. You've known him. He's from, uh, Sonya said, it's from your past. So I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to explore. There's a reason Fury didn't shoot him. It isn't just because people are around. You know, you could sacrifice an innocent life to stop someone from killing more innocent lives in that way. So there's a reason he hesitated multiple times in that square. And I think that's going to play itself out as we go along for sure. All right, well, there you go. That's our spoiler review for episode one of Secret Invasion Resurrection. We appreciate you all hanging out with us and watching it or listening to it. Uh, Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, if you like follow us on social media, on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies, on Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung, on Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it's at The Roca Says. We think maybe it <laughs> could be anybody. Vogel. Uh, listen, if you are a human or if you are a scroll, you can still help us on Geek Buddies, and here's what we need you to do. Uh, smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing con content. Leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? What do you think things is really going on? Who's a scroll? Who's not a scroll? Like, let's get into some conspiracy theories below. Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave some stars, some comments. Helps us go up in the rankings. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends, and and tell them to hang out with your buddies, the Geek Buddies. There you go. All right. We'll be reviewing this show as we go along. So tune in for our reviews every week of Secret Invasion here over the next six weeks. You guys are amazing. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode of The Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born, 
I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.